Hi everyone, this is Varun Dumiri and you're listening to the Stars and Startups podcast. Did you enjoy the blockbuster episode with Nitin Kamat of Zeroda on episode 36? Do write in to me and tell me all about it. On this episode, I'm changing it up a little as I catch up with Arjun Majumdar and Sandhya Chandraiya, the founders of India Hikes. India's premier hiking company that started way back in 2008 with the hopes of making hiking accessible to more Indians. so that they can enjoy the bounty that India has in abundance right from the western ghats to the mighty himalayas yes this is not much of a tech conversation but a story that i really wanted to share with you hope you enjoyed do take a moment to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it and subscribe to our newsletter on stars.substack.com okay let's say hi to arjun and sandeep today we're going to talk a little bit about uh hiking i, I know a lot of you guys uh you know probably cooped up at home uh, wanting to step out uh, into the open and and smell fresh air uh, on the mountains hopefully we we'll get there really really soon but uh, you know i wanted to st- share a story uh, you know uh, about uh, how the indian uh, outdoor scene has kind of taken off in the last uh, decade or so not that it didn't exist prior but now i think a lot more young people from across the country uh want to go out uh, experience uh, you know as the youngsters call these days yolo so you know you live only once so you go and check out all these amazing locations so uh, one of the companies that's making this possible is india hikes uh, and uh, you know let's welcome uh, sandhya and arjun to the show hi sandhya hi arjun hi hi arjun and sandhya you guys started india hikes uh, in 2008 and this was yeah. i would say uh, just around the financial crisis uh, in the united states and then there was a ripple effect around the world did this have anything to do with the founding of india hikes you know you really want to go to the mountains and be like you know what let's just do this for the next uh, couple of years before things sort out i mean you're from the silicon valley of india so i was trying to see if there's any uh, you know <laughs> correlation to the event No, absolutely not. But uh, well, there was no correlation at all. Uh, we see India hikes. Though we started in 2008, the thought about India hikes was going on for three years. It's almost six, seven years before that. So when we are trekking, we are looking at the problems that are there in the trekking world. We are always, you know, mulling amongst ourselves, talking in our tents, uh, sitting down, you know, under a big waterfall, maybe, and thinking, why is this this problem in this trekking world? Why is that problem? so eventually one day we just uh, started because we were always anyway even before so starting in india we were solving this uh, problems in our own way uh, you know by uh, putting out information about this or putting out information about uh, some trails or something so it, it was a very organic start it had nothing to do with the 2008 whole uh, speed crash and which uh... hike or trek was that which which was like okay you know what let's do this as as a you know a business this is our life now it was the rukkond trail that is in uttarakhand i think the rukkond trek was a really really grand one which um, which went to a pretty good height of 15750 feet and these kinds of treks were really not accessible or people didn't even know that Uh, normal people regular people uh, could go to these places or they exist in our country so when um, i think when we when people saw that uh, they could actually go and trek here 
um, that's when their imaginations opened up and people wanted to be a part of something like this what was an insight though uh, because i remember you know i did my first uh, well i did two hikes back to back uh, in 2003 and i had gone to the himalayas i did um, sarpas and harkidun uh, that was uh, somebody suggested you do this and i think it fit in my calendar cuz i had like a summer vacation in college so they like, yeah, you know let's do this and you know from somebody from the south and, and i'm from chennai like i mentioned um there was i didn't know many people who understood um you know how what it takes to go to the himalayas and do this right so everything was a journey itself there was this whole aspect of okay you could read some aspects of some brochures uh, so i'd used uh, this company called uh, youth hostel association of india yhai i think they uh, offered ton of tracks and they had a lot of people on those uh, tracks so it was also a nice experience where people from across the country came together uh, you know it, on these camps so you got to interact with different cultures uh, so to speak um, and that was a great melting pot for me um, what is the insight then to say okay you know uh, we want to do this uh, maybe the the companies uh, these are government agencies right yhi is uh, run by uh, a government body so uh, what what was it that uh, really pushed you to say okay we want to do this and and was rukun the yhi track Mm, yeah, uh, so Rukon was um, not really a YHI trek. In fact, um, only the hardcore trekkers would um, would know about Rukon, or about thirty forty people mm. in the whole year from in our country would do a trek like Rukon. And um, Arjun uh, visited Arjun trek to Rukon with his own small team, private team, and um, he came back and he wrote a blog that uh, detailed out Rukon. beautifully it actually detailed out the entire trek route gave all details described the parts of the trek um, absolutely how they were and it sparked imagination amongst anybody who read this blog and i think the blog became an instant hit and that's uh, and looking at the reaction to the blog i think um, the thought that was fermenting in his head that okay uh this would be the track to start with because um it has kind of sparked imagination in people's minds and uh, we could see that happening actually i want to show a little back story here um see at that time there was only one organization which probably did tracks which was youth hostel which you have been a participant of and they would do only these two tracks which is the chandani pass or the harkidun or the sar pass now in this uh, situation uh, but if you had looked at the reality of trekking in a country trekking was something which was not done by many people it was not accessible by many people people didn't know how to trek where to trek and what kind of treks to do i mean if you if the whole definition of treks are going to be one or two treks then that is not trekking trekking as a whole gamut from the himalayas to the sea to the beaches so that's how we now when we have been trekking since our childhood we have been trekking doing all kinds of treks so we in our experience uh, there was a, a country was just not trekking and we wanted our country to start trekking and that's the genesis of uh, india hike that india india was just not trekking youth youth hostels uh, trek was not the definition of uh, trekking it was just 
two trails, uh, three trails. So when uh, that was the case, um, you know, I do you, did you see a lot of ecological damage as well? Uh, you know, if you're saying you know just two or three routes, and you know there are hundreds of people going through that route on an everyday basis, um, was that was that something that uh, because it's not it's not suggested, right? Because you need to uh, let uh, nature also recover after there's a lot of uh, intrusion in that space. Uh, was that happening uh, on some some of these routes? Time, uh, at that time, not many people were worried about the environment. Very frankly speaking, neither youth hostel. Uh, it uh, at the back of the mind, something was there that yes, you need to be careful, but nobody really bothered because at the end of the day, even with those fifty hundred people going every day, the matter was over in the month or the month that happened. We had the whole year to recover, and nature recovers very quickly, so that was never a problem. The genesis of India hikes is not in these things. The genesis was. There was a lot of problems surrounding trekking that people didn't know where to trek and how to trek. So the and they wouldn't trek because there was such a lack of information about trek. So that's where India hikes came about. That you know what unless there is information about trekking and not only information but there is this information which will help you and guide you on how to go about doing any trek and you can do it on your own. See, we are talking about not a group trekking, but we are talking about anybody must be able to trek on his his or her own, just like how we do in Western countries or something. You just take a backpack and you go on do a trek. So that was the genesis. That without information you cannot trek, and there was n number of treks that you could do in our country, but nobody had an idea. The ecological um, problem came much later. Okay. Uh, I, I think now there's you've been spending a little bit more time on that, uh, which I'll come to a little later uh, when we can talk about ecology and and what India Hikes is doing uh, in that uh, you know kind of sphere. Um, so how did people then find out about India Hikes? Because you know I would imagine um, you know if, if information is not available, now you need to make it accessible, um, you know, educational and interesting, right? Uh, was that a process you followed? Uh, how did you go about, you know, reaching out to There was a very conscious process that we followed, and the very first uh, the same. Uh, see, one is that blog which I was talking about. That blog uh, really helped uh, in uh, people uh, finding us. Uh, but that is a small percentage. Another thing that we did was we we, we knew that we are going to be trekking uh, on a trail like Rukun. So the domain name of Rupkund was there with us, Rupkund.com. So all searches of uh, Rupkund.com was uh, would come to us. Now this also gave us a lot of plus our past credibility and our name in the trekking world also helped. But that was a very small uh, percentage. So and we did a lot of um, what I would uh, what you would call we we had a database of uh, trek uh, people who we knew trek because they have been getting in touch with me we needed we knew a lot of uh, people this uh, so a lot of uh, mailing campaigns were also going so the domain name the uh, you would say the blog and our uh, campaigns email campaign these were the three primary sources of getting the initial. Uh, Post that, I think uh, our rich content actually helped quite a bit because people had never seen uh, information on trekking the way it was presented on our rupkun.com domain, perhaps. 
Um, also, once we ran those initial three batches, the 60 people who went with us, they became um, hardcore fans of India Heights and they really believed in the idea of India Heights. And they went all out to actually uh, tell other people that, hey, you should do something like this. This, uh, this is something that we've never experienced before and it's something new in our country. And they were right behind India Hikes uh, after their experience at India Hikes. What people will identify with this that how content matters yeah. in conversions. So uh, the thing is that credible content plays such a huge role that you will not even imagine the difference between credible and non-credible content. Our content was so credible, so exhaustive. See, most people would write about treks at that time, 200 words, 300 words. Here is a trek, you can go, this is the price, this is not prizable, number packs and all this. Our content was 6,000 words. I mean, more than that. It doesn't link a match. We wrote about every turn of the trek, every bend of the trek, every point where you can get water to anything. And we wrote it in such a way that you could do the trek on your own. You didn't need to come with India hikes. That way the content was present. We didn't talk about India hikes. We talked about the trek. That was a fundamental issue. We didn't talk about India hikes at all. We talked about the trek and we celebrated the trek. And that's how the content just changed the whole trekking scene. And it's still doing in our country. You know, I'm, I'm an extreme awe of, you know, the content that you guys churn out, right? Um, and, and reality is, you know, there's something about the mountains and nature that's so shareable also. Um, and, and I think uh, given the proliferation of uh, social media since that time, I guess, 2012, 2013, where, you know, Facebook would be, you know, driven by photos. Instagram is now only photographs, right? You're, now when you look at India Hikes, if I went on a camp, then I'm only looking for that Instagrammable Photograph, right? <laughs> yeah, that moment, like sunrise, sunset, uh, you're always trying to like position yourself to, you know, okay, look at this beautiful uh, stone or rock that has showed up, whatever. Maybe you'll just find something that you want to, um, you know, kind of take back home as a memory, right? But um, from a uh, content standpoint, was there anything you did deliberately? Now I know that, you know, 6,000 words and you're trying to focus on. Uh, the fact that this is a great uh, trek to be on, the routes that you were across, uh, whatnot. But what was it that uh, people were latching on to? And, and you said, okay, you know what, um, let's focus on just these aspects, which will give so much more uh, flavor and color uh, to the content that we put out. See, uh, I'll come back to the point which I made earlier. Credibility of the content matters over anything. How you write it, who writes it, and in what voice are you writing it? So our content was absolutely the most credible content, and it still is. In India, if anybody is looking for credible content, they still go to the India Hacks website. You know that. So it's the credibility of the content, the exhaustiveness, because we covered every tiny details. When people came and looked at on our website, they understood that we are talking with experts. We are not talking with somebody who wants to sell a track. And that makes a very big difference. And we were the experts. We knew the place in and out because we lived there. We knew the people. We were there for months. Other organizations had no, I mean, they were nowhere even close to what we were doing there. Because the people there, the 
knowledge of the land the knowledge of the trek was so exhaustive with us and it still is that uh, nobody can actually talk about a trek the way we can talking about uh, the do it yourself uh, aspect you know i i've seen that it is a it it has paid a, it takes up a big section of the india hikes uh, website today can you give some idea on you know what kind of uh, you know utilization it has uh, and do people share their experiences post the diy treks that you know uh, and and how do you maintain that uh, one of our values or one of the philosophy that we have at india hikes is that people must be able to do treks on their own Yes, that the number of people who actually access a DIY information is more than who actually access our, uh, uh, you would call our treks that we run. Also, have a team working on the DIY treks who are actually looking for people who have done these treks. They get in touch with them, they talk to them, and they try to get that information because those who have done the treks themselves. may not be able to document it uh, to the detail that we want it to be so yeah. uh, with this prompting and to and fro with them we are able to extract the details that uh, anybody else would need to go and do the trek on their own one thing i've noticed is with the uh, india hikes team a lot of them are trek trekkers who have done the trip end up becoming employees and becoming part of the team um, i think that's a real filtration process right you're like you know what this person has they heard the right place and they really want to be part of this journey uh, is that ever a checkbox whenever you are hiring yes definitely that's one of the basic things you will be looking for that if you have not trekked before you wouldn't understand this world at all so and there are many people whom we we deliberately send them on a trek who do a trek first you know? but 90% of the people would be trekkers and most of them would have trekked with us on even somebody comes to trek with us uh, we kind of uh, tell them about our philosophy why we are doing india hikes and what we are doing so even as a trekker people get to know all these things and the same thing gets uh, reiterated on the slope when they go see us in action so this um, this whole thing gets sealed then and then they come back from the trek and uh, some of them say that okay i would like to be a part of this trek before we start the conversation we talked a lot about uh, you know kind of the regions where some of these trekkers come from um, you know are you seeing uh, you know i, I mean it, in my mind everybody in bangalore uh, hikes and treks right they're always there uh, you know on a weekend uh, doing something or the other uh, is is this uh, the right stereotype to form or there are others who have a similar uh, you know blood type uh, uh, i would say the trekking culture in bangalore um, i think originated from this college uh, college and uh, it working crowd because that is how it was um, 15 years ago or 20 years ago perhaps so people would go to the western ghats and trek and um, at that point of time there was no himalayan option but now that has actually moved on so people are a lot more open to experiment trekking in the weekends uh, nearby and then uh, once a year twice a year with the himalayas actually most of our trekking in our country if you look at it i, I can break it down and give it to you uh, the largest would be the pune mumbai uh, sector uh, and i will combine pune mumbai because they are very close to in, uh, each other so pune mumbai is the largest in our country followed by bangalore Uh, then you would have uh, delhi chennai uh, and then hyderabad so these would be the order of the metro cities which are you know which come for trekking then the rest of the metros then rest of india 
so does this uh, reflect in the number of people who come regularly on some of these uh, uh, hikes this this profile uh, over the last 10 years hasn't changed much the only change that we are seeing is the rest of india are now catching up with the this thing earlier we wouldn't see rest of india at all now we are seeing a lot of rest of do you contribute that to the fact that the content now is reaching a lot more people with our technology that is one aspect but more than the, see actually what that is one aspect of it another thing is that the economy has touched the rest of our country a lot deeper than 10 years ago so now that is also helped uh, but the, the principal uh, motivator or the principal reason would be what you have said that to the technology which is now reach the rest of a country there's really not much difference between kanpur and delhi you know so technology does play a big role because uh, we need to uh, we need to present information in a way it is easily consumable uh, people need to be able to understand and appreciate whatever we are presenting because long ago 10 years ago we started in the form of those 6000 word articles um, but um, as time has passed by we need to explore other other forms of technology and to present information and which people can consume much easier so in that way it has changed and it still continues to play a role because the way people consume information has changed so we have also evolved from uh, largely being text and photo based to now being video based and uh, and uh, giving other forms of information like uh, maybe giving gps uh, tracks and stuff like that for people to understand the trail and when they go on the trail they feel a lot more empowered so we are also seeing how we can um, change ourselves to uh, adapt to this evolving technology and technology also plays a role in running her, our whole operation because we run a remote operation across the country across the himalayas of the country and as the operation becomes bigger and bigger uh, without technology we see uh, we see things going out of control quite a bit so that is where we are uh, that's another space where we are bringing in technology quite a bit so that we have everything uh, running smoothly Uh, so sandeep i'm going to uh, you know kind of uh, use as a launch pad to ask you this question uh, you know we said that you have a remote team and we're using technology and so on uh, in yeah. today's world and you know we're talking about uh, us being in lockdown uh, you know and we're all uh, working in our own little spaces what have been some of the learnings uh, running a real remote team i mean you guys have people all across the country uh, in the remotest parts um what are some of those things uh, like maybe tools uh, processes uh, and and you know how do you get people oriented to the fact that there's not going to be uh, you know any oversight and they're responsible how do you build that i'd love to get uh, you know yours and arjun's thought on this okay so uh, we especially work with people in the mountains and um, they are used to running treks on their own and they do a pretty good job they maintain their accounts in small notebooks and then uh, they just do everything word of mouth uh, just a day before the trek everything gets organized and and gets done so they used to doing things very informally so but as you scale up um, when you're running more and more batches and more and more variables come in we started to realize that this um, kind of informal way of going about things uh, word of mouth way of going about things doesn't really work very well a lot of um, things um, go missing here and there 
there are slip ups that happen and um, so changing this whole process from a very informal person to person based thing to a more process driven thing was quite a big of a uh, bit of challenge for us because we are dealing with um, a group of 30 40 people in the mountains who whose basic habits and mindset we have to change we have one or two people who are slope managers or who trek leaders who come who, who are like uh, taking this technology from our office over here to the mountains and then uh, finally the technology has to be used by the mountain staff not really city staff um if, uh, if we are at our store in the mountains then we have introduced a system of tracking each and every um equipment of ours using rfids so it's not enough if we have an rfid scanner and a tag but somebody has to actually be doing the scanning thing every time there is an exit and uh, getting into the store so impressing upon these people that um, showing them the benefits of technology i think that has been a challenge and we are still in the process of overcoming them overcoming this but once they see it working see they see the results of how everything is organized you can go back to it. things using this technology um, they are also pretty open to it and any uh, difficulties that come in we must be ready to change so they have used uh, several types of technology and said okay this is too difficult let's change this so many such iterations and over two three years things get Uh, stabilized i think one of the biggest challenges of technology that we had was deployment of technology look you can have the greatest of technology but if there isn't any mobile signals even if there is no isn't any network you're talking about a system where you have to now depend on syncing it when there is signal or when you come to signal which could be 50 60 kilometers away or or something like that so these are the challenges of technology even today when we when i'm speaking to you 2020 these are still the challenges because we're talking about the remotest corners of our country where there aren't even mobile signals mm. and we are talking about the highest end of uh, apps and uh, development that we are doing at our back end of our offices and that has to be deployed there so they have to be very thin apps they have to be load they have to load very quickly uh, they have to be able to be easy to understand very pictorial in nature so that it can be used by anybody not only pictorial because they don't understand because we are working in a very cold setting or a remote setting where you may be wearing gloves and you need to be able to press a few buttons because that has to be pressed by the gloved finger and not a naked finger so you know we have to think of all these aspects of usability when we are deploying technology at any given time how how many uh, you know trackers would be there on a, a trip Uh, yeah, on any regular week this this would be the pre covid uh, times um on an average we would be running about uh, 15 to 20 uh, teams uh, on any uh, weekend um treks usually start between friday and monday uh, week i would say not weekend um, they would be concentrated around the weekend so we would have about 15 to 20 groups starting and running over that week so treks are usually 6 uh, to 8 days long so about 15 into no, 15 about 600 700 people every week and, and this is all year round right like i i know there are only maybe couple of windows where there's probably a break for the team but otherwise you're constantly on the ball yeah 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 treks uh, initially 10 years ago we used to have treks only during summer and autumn there were the only two seasons people thought that they could trek in the himalayas but uh, slowly um, we introduced new treks that could be done during different times of the year treks 
that were kind of possible even in the peak winter months. They would become winter treks uh, when the really high altitude ones would be shackly open. The treks that were possible to do in December and January. Uh, they were tre- we shifted regions also. We went to Kashmir and Himachal where we could trek in the peak monsoon months when Uttarakhand and Sikkim were closed. So uh, over the last ten years, we have made it a year-round uh, affair that any any time you can go and find a trek. That's so, amazing, right? So there are there are peak seasons, but uh, more or less our treks run three sixty five days a year. So so then even that uh, aspect of uh, seasonality gets handled because some part of the country and India is large enough, you're always going to be able to find something to do, uh, you know, at any given time. Uh, that basically means fifty-two uh, weeks, seven hundred people. You're probably doing three thirty thousand people a year that go through around about twenty thousand mm, plus. Yeah, it would be twenty, not thirty. So there, there would be months where it doesn't reach fifteen, uh, perhaps mm. every week. Uh, but yeah. yeah, that also means a lot of cooperation with uh, entities, government entities, uh, because a lot of these. uh spaces are under the control uh, you know and you need permission for a lot of these spaces um uh, do you have a team that just works with the local bodies uh, and authorities because it's it's a source of revenue for them but also uh, you know do they try to take advantage of you what what is the relationship i mean this is india we're talking about so i think it's a it initially it was not that smooth but now it is lots smoother they uh, you know we do run into issues not really at the local level but more at a, you know more at a, a decision taken at a, maybe a dis, uh, district level or the state level where some states say you know what you cannot trek over there anymore there is a problem here or there is some issues that we are facing on those issues but local level we don't face much of the problem sometimes we do come across uh but our local level managers tend to take care of those issues they can they know them personally well all the you know with the forest department or the panchayat members or whatever it is so they know them well yes the local problems are there across the country it's the our managers who are at the local level who tend to take them if they are unable to deal with it then the senior managers get into this sometimes we have to get into the scene also yes so, so local troubles uh, it's not that we are trouble free in our country yet uh but our country is uh, slowly moving towards uh, that phase where you know it is getting better and easier to run right and the uh, trekking was slower. largely uh, without too many regulations in our country when we started out so there were too many rules and uh, restrictions that were put in place or registrations that had to be done or permissions that had to be taken all these have grown with growth in trekking and uh, many a times uh, we ourselves have given recommendations to the government bodies on what needs to be done what would be the right thing to do for the environment for the groups uh, for the locals in terms of training and stuff like that so uh, we do work closely with the um, heads of the forest departments in uttarakhand in himachal sometimes in kashmir so so we have also kind of developed our relationship there uh, it starts right from our office uh, all the way till the slope ഗാങ് ഓഫ് പീപ്പിൾ വാണ്ട് 
people to be given more income or they would want a higher share of this thing for example two taxi bodies may say now why into taking our vehicles so instead of why you taking those people's vehicles so they will create a local trouble so it's uh, troubles generally come from uh, local uh, folks with vested interest but otherwise governments really don't give us much of a problem one of the things that i found when uh, you know like i mentioned i had been on a couple of india hike treks and um, one of the things that it really came uh, across was also how concerned you are with maintaining uh, the kind of relationship with the locals and the environment what have been some of the uh, projects that uh, you know you've taken up uh, i mean let me just start by saying you know uh, i read about last year i think 2019 uh, april uh, how mount everest has thousands of kilos of waste uh, that was lying around right of course it's it's a different terrain you know that's uh, there's a lot of different uh, aspect to why there's a thousand uh, kilos of of garbage uh, sitting on mount everest and i'm sure that's not the case for other locations as well um, but i would imagine uh, you know because of uh, more people going to these locations um, and, and you know what i saw on some of those trips was you know we were also bringing plastic uh, you know uh, items with us uh, either to just you know cover our clothes uh, you know maybe take some snacks you know i always want my bar of snickers whatever it could be right there's always something that's going uh, from a city where you know we have all the waste disposal mechanisms etc into some of these locations where you know none of it exists because you know they live off of the environment of their surroundings is that something of concern so um, when we started in 2009 um, uh, there were very few people trekking in these mountains as i uh, told before about 60 people in the whole of rupun trek in the whole of the year so there was hardly any noticeable uh, garbage that or waste that was being left behind but um, a couple of years down the lane with india hikes growing and with other organizations also mushrooming and uh, following the india hikes uh, style of trekking um they they started getting more and more people to the mountains more and more people uh, started going to the mountains on their own also it was not just the organization so more and more people going to the mountains and as you said these um, uh, plastic waste also went up uh, it's not about people littering people uh, trekkers are generally conscious they don't uh, leave behind their own waste like stickers and stuff like that but um, cooking also in the mountains generates a lot of waste and that can be quite uh, a handful to bring down um the people are a little hesitant to employ mules to specifically carry down waste um i don't know why we have this mindset but um uh, people hesitate to get back waste when they think it can be buried or burned right there um many places it is uh, mules don't go porters have to lift uh, load and go and again we have the same problem in very difficult areas to go so looking at all this we thought that if we are going we need to set an example and we need to set a standard where uh, we leave the mountains better than how we found it, found them and it is not enough to just bring back our own waste uh and we need to do something more and we need to clear up uh, our trails also and um, we wanted to involve our trekkers because we, india hikes was always a community for us and our trekkers were a very integral part of our community so this whole um, 
habit of uh, having an eco bag with you always when you trek and you pick up any uh, litter that you find on the trail uh, we have specialized campsite cleaning activities when we leave a campsite so all this uh, started way back in 2013 14 uh, when we saw that litter in the mountain was beginning to surface and um, we could this team of 20 people was like a vacuum cleaner going on the mountains and we wanted to harness this uh, energy that we had and um, uh, that's how our entire green trails program started and um, uh, seven years down the line it is not just limited to clearing waste from the mountains but we have kind of uh, tried to diversify green trails to do a lot more like um, use less water conserve water use less mules on the uh, on the trail itself so that we can improve efficiency of having lesser footprint on the mountains itself use lesser porters um, improve our system so that all the additional load that goes on the mountain actually comes down and um, that's why we do a lot of things like we tell trekkers okay carry your own backpacks don't uh, don't offload it even if you can afford to offload it um, have three in a stay three in a tent because you will actually reduce one less tent on the slope itself thereby reducing your footprint on the trail so it's a whole philosophy that we practice on the mountains and we try to pass on to our trekkers for them to practice while trekking and off trekking also green trails as a concept of what happens is that we are now trying to change the way people look at the environment in the mountain where there is no sensitivity we are bringing in sensitivity and not only with us but even the local people see what happens is that when you come from a background where you are not Uh, when survival is more important than uh, the environment so you don't really consider that i bought a lace packet for my home that what is going to happen to it and i'm talking about the local population with increase in economy even the local pop- uh, uh, population in that region have been become more consumerists so what has happened is now lot more litter is there in the mountains even if two uh, porters are going in the mountains they're chewing gum and throwing wrappers so this is a perennial this is a growing concern in our country so as india has we have about three or four pronged approach one is education that is training and education at the grassroots level that we educate our staff and not only staff but with the entire village the panchayat and all those people. we have a very close relationship that you know including going to the schools of children and you know so that when they become future citizens they know that i must not be doing this so that's the ongoing program that we do all the time next is that can we improve our processes in such a way that it becomes a habit that you don't really bring in so you know reduction of uh, the waste that goes into our, from a cooking to a loading to a packaging to a merchandise to everything is uh, you know improving the processes uh, this thing and third is the external forward where we start cleaning up the mountains we clean up bring down the waste upcycle them recycle them send them to the landfill which cannot be processed through this stages so it's basically a three pronged approach training and education internal processes and the external processes uh, external waste uh, that is there so yeah it's a bit it's a lot of work but if you ask me in a very quick way this is what what's uh, uh, next for uh, india hikes you mentioned the 20000 people that you take on a yearly basis can actually you know grow to a lot larger um, is there a lot more that can be done uh, you know i seeing a lot more demand Yes, we are because trekking is a very nascent sport still in our country. Very few people trek. No matter what you are seeing in newspapers and magazines, the reality is very few people trek. If you compare with the global, 
when you look at the rest of the world and you compare india india is very very still very low interesting so when we talk india actually taking 20000 people i mean in a global level people will laugh at so it's not really a number this is lot uh, more of course that when you know go to a certain trails you notice a few trails in our country is overcrowded all day and so our job is to move uh, our work is to move people away from crowded trails open up new trails and say look there are other trails to do and they are moving our country has evolved and it's evolving the trekking uh, maturity of our country is evolving people don't mind getting on new trails people don't mind experimenting with uh, you know new genres of trekking and uh, all kinds of trails but the growth of uh, trekking uh, as such if you ask me uh, it it is still very new in our country so there's lot of uh, but as india hikes are also exploring trails across the world where we are taking in nepal in other parts of the world we're opening up trails in the rest of the world we want to see our own countrymen trekking in the different zones of the world and they are they have started doing it we want other folks also to come and trek in our country a lot of things are happening when you said you're opening up international routes um is that Uh, because i've heard uh, another organization that does something but their job is to basically say okay i'm uh, i want to cater to those from maharashtra who are traveling to indonesia right that market is very specific they're saying okay these guys want you know uh, vegetarian food and they want to do xyz hence we will open up this route is that the same thing saying if indians want to go elsewhere we're opening these routes or they're saying this is untouched territory we have so much learning from navigating this terrain uh, we're now taking that expertise to uh, another location uh, not really um, so we uh, we have actually opened a separate division it's not really called as india hikes it is called as world of hikes and the entire purpose of world of hikes is to bring out uh, unknown trekking trails which are very beautiful and yet undiscovered by people um and open it out for the trekkers of the world it is not really for indians but uh, anybody and everybody must be able to come and join these we want to very um, clearly stay away from the crowded and popular routes and very popular countries uh, because everybody knows it and we don't really need to go there and open new trekking trails but uh, our main intention is to bring out trails in destinations which people have never heard of people don't even know that trekking can happen there and uh, explore these places yeah so it's initially our own trekkers who want to go along for this treks and they can be from anywhere of the country including abroad in fact uh, we opened up a trail recently last year in georgia which is just below russia and uh, we had a full group of trekkers growing from marsay but they were our trekkers but from across the world somewhere from london somewhere from germany many from india so they were from this thing and they actually went ahead and did that so and of course our vision is that people from across the world will come and do this trek is just not indians but it is also obviously because we are from india we would love our indians also to do that uh, georgia supposed to have some amazing terrain funny story is that i had a ticket to georgia about 3 years ago i didn't realize i needed a visa because uh, i have an american visa and i thought you know somewhere i read <laughs> probably going to accept my american visa and let me into the country and then I think it was a week before I realized that I actually needed a visa and I needed to get it done separately. And uh, I changed it to another destination, which was uh, Indonesia. I I cancelled that ticket and I bought the Indonesian ticket. 
and uh, i did two uh, volcano hikes uh, in uh, on that trip and uh, it's probably the most stunning experience right we, uh, it is very similar to you know that final day of uh, you know the himalayan hike where you do you know the summit uh, you know you wake up at 3 am and you do the hike you want to be there at sunrise so that you get the view and you know the ice is not melting it was something similar um, we i and and you know you go up to the crater and you know you see uh, what's happening you need to leave really really early because otherwise it becomes extremely hot uh, by the time you summit uh, so they want to take you earlier and those are like i mean so are you guys opening up uh, no i mean i guess those are a lot more commercial so you're going to stay away from countries like indonesia uh, and i'm guessing you're probably going to look at other locations maybe cambodia uh, you know i think georgia is a great uh, i think burma is phenomenal i think there are a lot of opportunities there a lot of countries uh, in this world has a lot of opportunities we are not really selecting ourselves by uh countries but we're selecting by you know which are a uh, great trails which are not so commercial which have uh, not too many people going but they are absolutely astounding in beauty and that is what would be a first selection criteria it can be even in us it can be even in the middle of europe but that would be a first uh, criteria of choosing and there must be multi day treks because there are not too many multi day treks are there in the world see one more thing is that uh, treks in our country especially in the himalayas are extremely beautiful and they are well worth and more the time that people time and energy people spend to trek there so when we go out to another country especially when indians are going out we, we are very conscious that these trails match up uh, at least in some way to the himalayan treks that we do so anything less than that people shouldn't feel that okay i could have done a trek in the himalayas instead of coming here yeah that, that's a great benchmark to have right uh, ultimately it said okay we need to be better than what we already have for it to be yeah. worthwhile um yeah. speaking about worthwhile uh, you know i'd love to end our amazing chat today with uh, what is your favorite trek which is a trek that you would gift someone why are you doing this torture on us i know it's very hard to choose from your babies yeah tip for example uh, the buran ghati trek uh, i i would uh, rate that uh, very high um, and uh, it's also a trek which i would love to give to people uh, see uh, there are n number of treks in a country okay but um, buran ghati is one trek which kind of uh, see i cannot gift any trek which people i'll find it difficult to do there are a lot of treks which are uh, that way where they are extremely beautiful but i don't think i will encourage people to go there but buran ghati is a trek where i would say varun i really like talking with you on this show and if there's one trek you must do then you must do the buran ghati trek so that would be my suggestion for you when when does it typically happen is it a is it a winter trek is it a it's a summer summer and autumn autumn trek so from the middle of may to the end of june and then from middle of september so to the middle of october these two to the great time okay i'll i'll leave the track details uh, from india hikes uh, in show notes uh, sandhya yes. <laughs> since buran ghati is already taken um, i would say kashmir great lakes is one of my favorites and um, i would recommend anybody who loves trekking to go on kashmir great lakes once 
that's a seven day one right that's extremely good that's a seven day one day. yes yes mm-hmm. it's perhaps one of the most beautiful places uh, in our country in the world i would say both it's unfortunate what is happening in uh, kashmir right now uh, i hope uh, you know do you guys have any idea when you'll be able to open up that route again or Uh, Kashmir actually this is open for trekking this year. Uh, last year we had to shut down because of the article 316 and stuff but uh, right from January this year people have been visiting Kash- the Kashmir valley and uh, this year itself uh, uh, people we know have been on the trek and come back in their own capacity. Uh, we have not started organizing anything as yet but uh, Kashmir is open for trekking and they are looking forward uh, for trekkers. it's just that because of covid we are not doing it but next year uh, if there is no covid then kashmir will be absolutely possible uh now that we are on the topic of covid uh, what's what's the uh, has it impacted uh, any of the locals uh, and any of these areas or is it primarily uh, you know of course uh, economically it has probably impacted them uh, but you know are you seeing any other impact to any of these ra- routes uh, and people Yes, it has greatly impacted trekking, Varun. I mean, trekking has stopped in our country. Absolutely, full stop. There isn't any trek happening. So until COVID, kind of, we come to a situation where we can tackle COVID a lot more better, and the numbers of our infections come down. Uh, we will not see a revival of treks until that happens. So, if one industry has been very severely hit by COVID, it would be the travel industry. And if you ask me a little bit even more, then trekking definitely is on the the last niche of travel so it has been very badly hit by covid uh, there are a lot of people who have been displaced now we are just uh, waiting for this covid uh, situation to change and uh, the moment it does i think we'll be back there uh, we are seeing signs of recovery a little bit uh, where uh, people um, you know they're a little tired of covid now they want to venture out but the fear is still uh, very much there very much there so uh, nobody really wants to catch a covid with neither the local staff nor the trekkers this is to hoping that we're able to cross this speed bump and uh, oh, the latent demand should potentially make up for all the trekking that was lost in the last few months um, hey guys wishing you uh, a great success with uh, world of hikes and india hikes uh, if any of our uh, listeners and audience uh, looking at this and saying you know want to be want to be a part of this journey uh, are you guys hiring uh, what are you looking for yes we are always looking for people uh, who are who who have an interest in this world and they feel they can do something and they want to work along with us we have a career page they can just go to our website and take a look at what interests them uh, we have lots of options even if what's not written on a career page and they have something in mind they can always drop in drop us an email and Uh, get back to that uh sandeep arjun this has been amazing uh thanks for your time thank you varun thank, thank you for inviting me thank you varun pleasure